Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 60 and part seven of a series on all things sugar. I am Shelly Rael, registered dietitian nutritionist and the host of the Real World Nutrition Podcast, where I am doing the seventh in a series, and this is probably the last for now, although there could probably be something else coming up related to sugar later, um, in the series about alcohol, not alcohol, sugar. I talked about sugar alcohols in last week's episode, and I was looking at my notes related to that. So if you've been following the series, you know what I've been covering, but just a quick recap is I talked about carbohydrates versus sugar and how all sugars are carbohydrates, but not all carbohydrates are sugar. In the second episode on sugars was, or part two, I should say, I addressed natural versus added sugars, and that our naturally occurring sugars are not the ones that we necessarily need to avoid. Also addressing healthier sugar alternatives. In fact, are they in, indeed healthier? So things like honey and maple syrup and agave as some examples. Types of added sugar. So all those sugar aliases, the different names that sugar goes by. There's nearly 60 names for various types of sugars. The fifth in this series was the low-calorie sweeteners. So things like the sucralose and aspartame and saccharin, and do you need to be concerned about those? And then in last week's episode, I addressed what sugar alcohols are and the potential side effects of sugar alcohols. So today, if you saw the title of the episode, is talking about whether or not you need a sugar detox. Now, I'm going to start with a couple of definitions here, and I want to first say this. I am not a mental health professional. I do work with people in the mental health space and people who are going through actual detox from alcohol and substances like drugs. So to fully understand detoxing, I want to first define what is a toxin. So according to Medline Plus, the National Institutes of Health National Library of Medicine, toxins are substances created by plants and animals that are poisonous or toxic to humans. Toxins may also include some medicines that are helpful in small doses, but poisonous in large amounts. Most toxins that cause problems in humans come from germs, such as bacteria. So for the example, for example, the symptoms of cholera are caused by a toxin, a toxin made by cholera bacteria. Other toxins that cause problems include metals, lead, and certain environmental chemicals. So that was a lot of information there. That was all from the NIH, National Library of Medicine. So clarifying that it says toxins are poisonous to humans. It can include things that are helpful in small doses. So for example, taking a 
appropriate dose, an appropriate dose of aspirin or an appropriate dose of Tylenol or an appropriate dose of a prescription pain medication is fine, but it can be poisonous or toxic in large amounts. So I know some people who detox regularly, even though they aren't consuming high amounts of these toxic substances, and they're not sick day to day. So as I said already, I do share that I work with individuals who are going through this process of not this process, not a sugar detox, but the process of detoxing from alcohol and other drugs. So I work, I go to this detox facility, I teach classes to people who are, teach nutrition classes to people who are transitioning, leaving the facility to go live independently. And these individuals that I work with in these classes have gone through the process of withdrawal from alcohol, heroin, methamphetamines, and other illicit drugs. Never once in the years that I've been going teaching these classes at this detox facility has anyone ever admitted they're going through a sugar withdrawal. Not once have I met somebody who has ruined their life or destroyed their family or lost a job or experienced homelessness because of sugar. Granted, I haven't asked everyone. But I don't know if somebody showed up at this facility and said, I need to detox from sugar, if they would be accepted into the facility. And I am partly being facetious and snarky here. Yet at the same time, these individuals that I work with are somewhat insulted when people talk about detoxing from sugar. So can somebody be addicted to sugar? So let's define addiction. So the American Society of Addiction Medicine defines addiction as a treatable, chronic medical disease involving complex interactions among brain circuits, genetics, the environment, and an individual's life experiences. People with addiction use substances or engage in behavior that becomes compulsive and often continue despite harmful consequences. Prevention efforts and treatment approaches for addiction are generally as successful as those for other chronic diseases. So recognizing that addiction is very specific. And yes, you may pull out some of those portions of that definition and say that it does work with sugar. So people with addiction use substances or engage in behaviors that become compulsive. Yes. Yet at the same time, are they not going to work? Are they uh, selling things to support their sugar habit? I don't know. I've not met anybody who's admitted to that. And then bringing up the DSM-5. So the DSM is the manual that addresses mental health disorders, mental health issues. And the DSM-5 is the most recent version as of this recording. 
And the DSM-5 no longer uses the term addiction, but they they use the term substance use disorder. So the DSM-5 defines substance use disorders as follows. Substance use disorders occur when the recurrent use of alcohol and or drugs cause clinically and functionally significant impairment, such as health problems, disability, and failure to meet major responsibilities at work, school, or home. According to the DSM-5, a diagnosis of substance use disorder is based on evidence of impaired control, social impairment, risky use, and pharmacological criteria. Making a note here, listening to that definition or reviewing that definition, sugar is not listed as a substance as part of the DSM-5 under the definition of substance use disorder. And people will talk about how they're addicted to sugar or they need to detox from sugar. And is that a thing? Or is it disrespectful to those with substance use disorders? People can live without alcohol. People can live without nicotine. People can live without caffeine. But caffeine is a drug. It's legal as is alcohol and nicotine. People can live without opioids, cocaine, and THC. We cannot live without sugar. We cannot live without glucose. It is necessary to fuel our cells. Now, we can get sugar if you listen to the earlier episodes about naturally occurring sugar and carbohydrates versus sugar. It's not just the white substance that people think of. So can we be addicted to something we need to live? So we can live without Coca-Cola. We can live without a Reese's peanut butter cup. But we cannot live without sugar. And isn't too much sugar harmful? Of course it is. But too much of pretty much anything is harmful. We need sunlight. We need the rays of the sun, but too much can contribute to cancer and definitely aging of the skin. We need water, and despite what some people believe or think or say, we can die from too much water. It's also known as hyponatremia or water intoxication. We need fat in our diet, but too much can contribute to heart disease and liver disease. We need protein, but too much can contribute to kidney disease. And we need glucose, otherwise known as sugar. Yet too much can contribute to poor health. I've never heard anyone who says, I need to detox from water. I need to detox from fat. I need to detox from the sun. And in the context of everything here, we need to consider overall diet and lifestyle. So let me dig deep into a story. Many years ago, there was a woman 
in New Zealand. She was 30 years old, and she died from a heart attack. And the coroner determined that, quote, excessive Coca-Cola consumption was probably a substantial factor in her death. This was a pretty big story at the time. Let me take a little bit more context here, provide you a little bit more context. Because she reportedly drank 2.2 gallons of Coca-Cola every day, would go through withdrawal symptoms if she didn't have it. Now, I must ask this. Was it the sugar or was it the caffeine that caused the withdrawal symptoms? And when I looked up this story in 2022, I couldn't find the information However, when this first came out, I also recall that she smoked a significant amount of cigarettes daily. And I don't know, this is, I'd say this jokingly, she also had six kids. Not that that was what gave her the heart attack, but 2.2 gallons of anything, even water, every single day is just ridiculously over the top. Come on. Anybody who thinks that's healthy, is there's just something not healthy about that. So drinking 2.2 gallons of soda, drinking 2.2 gallons of Kool-Aid, drinking 2.2 gallons of alcohol, all of this is problematic. Is it the sugar or did that person have something else going on that contributed to her death in addition to this high consumption of a caffeinated beverage, sugar-sweetened caffeinated beverage. And I have to ask too, what was missing from her diet that contributed to her death? I would not be surprised. Now, obviously, I didn't know this person. But I would not be surprised is that she never had fruits, never had vegetables, never had much in the way of fiber. So we have to take the overall picture of what was going on in this person's diet and lifestyle and can't pinpoint one single substances, substance, I should say, like sugar as being the cause, sole cause of her death. And on top of this, consider that one 12-ounce can of Coca-Cola has 39 grams of sugar. Doing the math here, if 128 ounces in one gallon, two gallons of Coca-Cola would have 832 grams of sugar, which equals about 1.8 pounds of sugar every single day in that person's life. That is too much sugar. So too much sugar is harmful. And hopefully you are not consuming nearly two pounds of sugar every single day. Excess added sugar and the absence of other nutrients can be problematic. But it is a substance, is it, I should say, is it a substance that requires us to withdraw and detox from it? Sugar is not a drug. It just isn't. And people will bring up this, that sugar has the same effect on our brain as cocaine. Yes, that's related to a hormone, oxytocin. And we have that same response in our brain when we hold a baby. And I would not say that 
holding babies is an addiction and you need to detox from holding babies. So we can't take things, I should say, we shouldn't take things out of context and equate sugar to cocaine when really all it's doing is triggering a hormone that tells us we have pleasure in many things, not just sugar, not just cocaine, will trigger that hormone response of pleasure in the brain, period. I know not everybody agrees with me on this, but I provided definitions of what a toxin is, what is an addiction, what is a substance use disorder. And while you may have addictive-like properties when it comes to sugar, I want you to consider, does it something that is really disrupting your life? It's okay to abstain from sugar. It's okay to stop using it. But stop using this whole detox as something that is something people must do on a regular basis. I tell people, stop using harmful substances in the first place. And you don't need to detox. That's real world nutrition for this week. I know this one can be a little bit more polarizing or controversial for some people. Now, I do want to invite you once again to join me in the first week of December for the Eating Is Not Cheating free webinar. I'm offering it at three different times, so you can register at the time that works best for you or three different days and times. Go to eatingisnotcheating.com to sign up today. And as we are closing in on the new year of 2023, I want to invite you to consider looking into the Real World Nutrition Membership, which will be opening in January. You can join me on the webinar, Eating Is Not Cheating, or sign up for the newsletter at ShellyRiel.com to get information on when the doors open on the Real World Nutrition membership site. You all take care. Bye for now.